We are in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14 now. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And in light of all that, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so it really is an, an, an explanation or a furthering of John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. May Lord, his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, next few moments, I pray that you just guide and direct my words and thoughts. May we put aside the busyness of this coming week. May we think about your truth, Lord, if there even be one person here that does not know you as personal Savior, I pray that you would just uh, help them to see their need and they'd respond. Lord, help me today, please, and ask these things in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We've been talked about just the last time. You notice in verse chapter 4, verse 13, them that are asleep. Three times he uses this word sleep or asleep for the Christian. It is the believer. It's like, it's like the Sunday afternoon nap. You go home, hopefully today, I'll take a nap, 2.30 to 3.30, somewhere in the neighborhood. But I wake up from that. And it's similar to when a person, dies, the believer dies, his body goes into the grave. He is more alive than ever, I believe, in heaven with God, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But we find there that just it's, we're going to wake up one day. We're going to be resurrected because he was raised. Isn't it interesting that when a, when a nation declares war, it's customary to recall the ambassadors before the war starts. So we have Noah said to come in. Lot was said to come out. And the church is going to be said to come up. And so before the war starts, the tribulation, I believe, according to Scripture, I think clearly that we will be called out to be saved from the wrath to come. So we see the promise of his return, and we're grounded in the work of Christ. He did all this. He is the one we are serving and worshiping. Because of him, we have life everlasting. We will one day have a magnificent body, but right now we're still struggling with these problems that we have. Our body has pain, our bodies have struggles, etc. John Quincy Adams was asked one time on his 80th birthday, how is John Quincy Adams today? To which he responded, well, John Quincy Adams is quite well, but the house he is living in has become quite dilapidated. Before long, it will be unlivable, and I must move out. But John Quincy Adams is doing quite well today. Perhaps you're feeling like your body's becoming a little more dilapidated as time goes on. One day as a believer, we will have an eternal body that lasts forever. A famous Christian, Solomon Pease in England, put this on his tombstone. True story. Beneath these clouds and under these trees lies the body of Solomon Pease. Pease ain't here. It's just a pod. Pease shelled out and went to God. And so that's going to be us. One day as a believer, now this is, I'm qualifying that, believers, because everybody's going to live forever somewhere, but are you a believer? Even the unbeliever is going to have a body that's going to last forever to be able to suffer forever. The most tragic thought we can think is a person spending eternity apart from God in the place called hell, but you don't have to go. That is the good news of the gospel. The gospel means good news, not bad news. He came to die and died for us that we might have life. 
Interesting, the word asleep comes from the Greek word. We hear the English word cemetery. It's komateron. The cemetery, they called it dormitories or sleeping chambers. Those who are asleep. It's just, they're not, we call it, well, just separate. Death is simply the separation of the real you and I from our bodies. That's what it is. But it's not for forever. For one day when he comes back, we just read it a few moments ago, we will have our bodies and souls will be put together again. Humpty Dumpty. And we'll be, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be all back to, and it'll be a new body, and we'll be like Christ's body. It'll be an amazing thing. The promise of his return, back in 13 again, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that just sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. He's not saying we never sorrow. There is sadness for sure. Paul said, if Epaphroditus were to die, had died, lest I should have <clears throat> sorrow upon sorrow. The Apostle Paul would have had to deal with great sorrow if Epaphroditus had died at that point in time. So grieving is natural. We, we have, matter of fact, tear ducts for tears. And so God is, it's a cleansing. Really, t- crying can, can cleanse, as you well know, all these things. So it's really unnatural not to grieve. But what we don't have to do is grieve as those which have no hope. I'm going to tell you, though, this morning, if you're here without Christ, I offer you no hope. Your one hope is to come to know Christ as personal Savior and to receive Him for the forgiveness of your sin. Because without that, there is no hope. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. What about pastor when someone passes on? I just read this, heard this a couple of weeks ago. The pastor says, he says these words. He says, if your brother were, to, were here today to preach his own funeral, let me tell you what I believe he'd want me to say. There's no unbelievers in hell. Every single person in hell today is a believer. Adolf Hitler, if I were to pick like the most heinous character we can think of quickly, understands now that there really is a hell to shun. I trust that you are ready to go to heaven. Even, even remember in Luke 16, the, the rich person in hell, lift up his eyes in torment, etc. And he said, send Lazarus. And Abraham said, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead. If people don't want to believe, they're not going to believe. It's the Holy Spirit must prick their conscience. He must do a work in their hearts and lives to say, we have a multitude in America that is ignoring the Bible, ignoring what is true. I just, don't you just sometimes want to hear someone say straight what they believe and what they have done and what they plan to do? And it's, it, it, language has been, and Mr. Womack and I thought, has been weaponized. And people take language to, to weaponize things. And it's, they're very, they can twist and turn things to say things they don't even mean, but it sounds like it means something completely different. The Bible has a corner on truth. You want truth, read the author of truth. That is it. He's got the corner on it. And this hope. As those of sorrows that have no hope, then in verse 13, it's a lot stronger word, you know, I hope, I'm hoping right now that my mashed potatoes aren't burning in the crock pot. I hope they're not. I hope they're not. And I, and I hope that the, uh, the chicken doesn't get overdone. I put it on low instead of high. I'm hoping that happens. But if it doesn't happen, it's okay. I'm hoping. But this hope is, it's both desire and expectancy. The Bible hope, if you omit, omit desire or expectancy, you don't have the real biblical hope. For example, I may desire to win $400 million. But I do not expect to do that. 
I may expect to pay my property taxes, which, taxes, which I did a couple of weeks ago, but I do not desire to do that. So when you speak of hope, we're talking both of expectancy and desire. The unbeliever doesn't have expectancy. A lot of Christians, sad to say, don't have the desire to see Christ come back. If he's coming back today, do you want to get on the train? Some of you are wondering about that right now. See, you're just wondering, you know, I don't know, I've got so many things I want to do. I'm just pretty young right now. And I got, you should want to get on the train. If he comes back today, you should be desiring to go to be with Christ. Why would we say that? Paul said, desire to be with Christ, which is far better for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Oh, we forget that. We think, oh, if I can just put a little bit more in my savings account. By the way, don't put any, as we're going now, please put your trust in the Lord, not in our material things. So the grounds are hope in the work of Christ. He also, regarding the promise of his return, he grounds our hope in the word of Christ. Continuing on, we finally get past verse 13. We're on to verse 14. Woohoo! For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. That's the key. If you're going up the rapture, you must be in Christ. You must have accepted Christ as personal Savior. It doesn't say what denomination you're from. doesn't even say if you're baptized or not. Now, I'll quickly say you need, if you can be baptized as a Christian, you should be. If at all, unless there's some physical limitation, you should be. Follow Lord and believers' baptism. Very, very important. But then say that. He says, if you're in Christ, you know Christ is personal Savior. If you do not, you're not going. I, well, I'll just be very plain with you. I'm not going to try to well, wishy. I'm getting too old to be wishy-washy. If you are not saved, you are not going when he comes back for his church. It's that clear from Scripture. And if you're not sure you're a child of God, you can be sure. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, that you may know that you have eternal life. This life is in the Son, not your good works. You can't earn your way. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't earn your salvation, and nor can you work to keep it. He is the saving one. He's the saving one. Entering this word for or because, this is the first class conditional statement in the Greek language. So when you want to write something that you are assumed to be true, for example, when Satan says, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be bred, he wasn't doubting he was the son of God. He was simply wanting him to affirm it by proving it. John says, John 15, 18, if the world hates you, since the world hates you, or because the world hates you, that's the idea of a first-class conditional term here, statement, since the world hates you, for if we believe, since you have believed, or because you have believed that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He wants to draw on the processes. Do you believe that? Yes. Well, we believe Jesus died and rose again. Well, then trust him for the rest of it. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. If you believe this, A, then go right on and believe B. By the way, if you can believe in the beginning God created, if you can believe that, the rest is pretty much easy. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Do you truly believe that? If you do, that's a starting point. 
He wanted to grab their attention. <laughs> by the way, do you notice the pro- by the way, language is very important? For if, what is the third word in verse 14? What's the pronoun? We. If we believe. Paul was looking for, I believe, the return of Christ in his day. Nothing, he's, he's, he's correct in writing that. It could have happened in Paul's lifetime, yes. The, the return of Christ for his church could have happened. Now, the return of Christ to rule and to reign at the end of the tribulation period, there's a lot of things that have to happen before that. But for him to come back for his church, any moment, it's imminent. At, this, at any moment, he could come back. And by the way, if you look around at the world today and you're not right with God, you should be getting right with God. The signs of the times appear everywhere. You say, well, Pastor, what about the signs? For example, just earthquakes alone, the beginning of, of, of the harbinger, uh, the Braxton Hicks uh, uh, contractions of coming, anticipating the birth of the tribulation period is one of them is earthquakes. Earthquakes, two, uh, 1600s, like 12, 2000, etc. Uh, 1900s was like, I think it's like, I don't know, four, five, six thousand. You know, in the 20th century, over 900,000 major earthquakes. We've gone from the thousands to 900,000. I'm telling you, you need to be aware of what's going on in the world. Not so that you tremble in fear and go and don't go outside. No, that you praise the Lord is yet in control. You want to be a part of history? Bible history we are part of Bible history. Not when Jesus walked the earth, but we're part of what he's planning on doing for the future. Those that are asleep, those who have died with Christ as their Savior... By the way, I would just tell you this in passing, that the word asleep never is used of Christ's death because he suffered such a horrible death. We think of peace of a, a peaceful thing. My wife said yesterday, last night, I, said, I, had a, I had the roughest time going to sleep last night, but you didn't. <laughs> peace is so, and that, except for those bad dreams. I, was, I think I dreamed dream I was snake bitten a couple of nights ago. Those are terrible things. By the way, Unless you're in Christ, you're not going. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you want the simplest definition of a Christian, he is in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You must have Christ. He must be in the, inside you in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comes in. You receive Christ. Christ has gone back to heaven, but he sent the Comforter. But I cannot blow, and no, can neither anyone else blow the Comforter on you. You receive it when you ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior, and the Spirit comes in. How do you know you have the Spirit? You're convicted of sin. You can understand God's Word. The two key ways. You believe what the Bible says. You truly know Christ is Savior, the Spirit dwells within. So that's the promise. It grounds our hope in the work of Christ and in the Word of Christ. And now we're finally ready for the program and his return. I am watching the clock. I have set the clock, and it's about right on time. So uh, if you're new to us, I try to get you out by five after. I've done preaching my five after for sure. The program at his return, verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive, there's Paul again, we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or proceed, is the word meaning there, them which are asleep. Who's asleep? Believers. Never ever use the word asleep for an unbeliever in the Bible. Never ever. It's always people who are going to enjoy the wake up. But I'm waking up. 
I'll be happy, etc., and because we'll be with Christ. He's going to come back for us. So that's the program of his return. So they're asking the question, what's the status of the loved ones who have already gone on before? Will they miss the rapture? Will they miss the importance of Christ coming back? Well, he's saying, well, there's not going to be a priority for those who are alive. The only thing we're going to enjoy more than them is we won't have to die. That's a significant thing, not dying. But that's the one thing we're going to have. Matter of fact, it says in Scripture that they're going to be changed first. So those who come back with the Lord get in their bodies first, which are alive in 1 Corinthians 15, will be changed in a moment. We'll go up together to meet Him in the air, the clouds. So shall we ever be with the Lord? The program involves, we see three things here, three specifics. First of all, truth one, this program includes the resurrection of the dead. Verse 16, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. When he comes back, the dead who are not in Christ remain where they are in a crisis eternity called hell. Hades, Greek word. To one day stand before the Lord. You say, Pastor, you know, I, I thought about this standing for God. It seems like a pretty uh, intimidating thing, and it is. So I think I'm going to bypass the standing before God and just circumvent. You can't. There's no workaround. There's no, uh, sometimes in our, in our, the government who supervises our agency will say, there's no work around this. You just have to do this. And so there's no work around. We're going to stand before God either for rewards or loss of rewards as a believer, or you're going to stand before God in Revelation chapter 20 at the end to be cast into the lake of fire. They're going to look through the book. I personally believe the book of life has your name put in it when you're born. I'm sorry, when you're created by God. Not just born. Created by God. Put in here. And that time you finally you die without Christ or you knowingly reject Christ for the last time your name is blotted out if you're a believer I, play, I think you're not only here but you're in the Lamb's book of life as a believer but the book of life they're going to search through that and they're going to say Timothy Scott Wright and then, by the way there's a lot there's one that works over at Marathon has the exact same name Timothy Scott Wright perhaps they'll use my social security number I don't know or your favorite five passions, Diet Mountain Dew, Diet Mountain Dew, fishing, Diet Mountain Dew, and fishing. Those things, that's, okay, that'd be me. Right, here we go. Ooh, that's you. Your name's here. Woo-hoo! But remember, everybody who stands there, no name. If you're standing at the great white throne judgment, your name is not here. They're going to search. The book of life, because you have, there's not a book, I don't guess the book of death. That's your choice. It is everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting death. No. Everlasting life. That's the beauty of the scripture. Your default position. If you're a computer person, the default position is everlasting death. The restart is when you trust Christ as personal Savior and everything changes. And it works the right way. The Lord himself shall descend. The emphatic position, the Lord himself shall descend. He's not sending even just someone, someone like the, the, the Moses or Elijah or Abraham. He is coming. How do we know? The Bible says in Acts chapter 11, verse 1, 1 verse 11. This same Jesus who you have seen will so come in like manner. Not only for the rapture of the, in the air, but also to come back to rule and to reign. There's three sounds. There's the shout. 
the word for shout. There's different, three different words for shout in the Greek language. This one is the one used here uh, for uh, the captain who shouts to his mates on board to row, row. Or the military officer says, listen up, everybody, get by, get listen up. Here we go, we're going to... That's the kind of shout I'm talking about here. It's the shout from John 11. What happens in John 11? Lazarus comes out and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Good thing he put Lazarus on the front because that way it emptied every single Christian believer in the, out of the grave. Perhaps across the world, does God, God has that power, yes. Why would you even? Because. Are you not trusting? Just think for a moment. God comes back. What we are around sphere, where is who's going to be the privilege where God's coming back to that spot? You think he's coming back to America? I think he's coming back probably to Israel, that general area. I don't know, I'm just guessing. Wherever it is, I'm believing he's jerking me out of that grave if I'm dead, not jerking, but sure, here I go. Aren't you trusting him to have the power to do that all at once? Why would you doubt he could not raise them all at once here? Please. Disabuse yourself of this idea that God is something you can make of your own or that he, he is God of very God. He's keeping you together right now. This, this God I can put in a box somewhere or, or I, can, I, I know all about this God. That's, that's, a, that's, a kind, that's a man-made God. Not the God of the Bible. Our God of the Bible designed everything, holds everything together. And aren't you counting on one day him... Having a home for you for eternity? Aren't you counting on him to be right that you have everlasting life, not just 10,000 years, as uh, John Newton says, which I just is getting started. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright, shining as the sun, we've no less days. After 10,000 years, we've no less days to sing God's praise. And when we first began. Isn't that going to be amazing? I have to tell you, my mind struggles with eternity, how to wrap my mind around eternity. I'm, I struggle with how God could love me, except that I know he does. I'm, I'll ask you something. You don't have to answer it. Are, are you unlovable sometimes? Thank you for the honest souls that are shaking their heads. Unlovable. Yes. Yes, he, but he loves us with the everlasting love. Lazarus, come forth. That is the shout, the voice. We also, it, it's it's going to be amazing. But pastor, what about, what about those who have died a horrible death and, and, and their bodies are, I don't know where all their body parts are. Can the Lord put them back together? Interesting, Roger Williams, who was the founder of Rhode Island, a Baptist preacher, when they buried him, they buried, they buried him and put a tree on top of his grave. Well, Later on, they wanted to exhume his body to put him somewhere else more prominent. So, but this tree had put a root right through his skull and right through other parts of his body. And they had grown apples, and people had come along and eaten those apples and taken them home for years. And, for, and so, where DNA probably in there somewhere. So where is the body of Roger Williams? Who knows? I can tell you who knows. God. And so he's going to put it all back together. Humpty, we're going to put it all back together again. King's horses, king's men can't do that. But I can tell you that my God can do that. Shout, the voice of the archangel, secondly, second sound. 
the archangel, there's only one. Now we know angels, there's Satan, who's the, the chief henchman of the evil side. And there's Michael, the uh, archangel, the only one mentioned as an archangel. There may be others, but we cannot say with certainty. And he is going to give a voice of the archangel. It's like this. He goes into the, the general's tent as a captain, and the general says, listen, prepare the men for battle and tell them this. Yes, sir. He walks out the side of the tent and says, prepare for battle. We're coming. And that's the idea. The voice of the, he's carrying out the commands of the general, if you would. That's what its idea is there. And the trump of God. Many trumpets in Scripture. God uses trumpets for a new program, sometimes to signal his people to assemble together. Sometimes he calls them to war. He's going to blow his trumpet, and he's going to raise the army, the living and the dead, and call them to worship. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Please don't get caught up in a lot of trumpets. Well, pastor, I know that that... Listen, they did not even have the New Testament much of it when they're reading this. And so they were th- the last trump. Trump's going to sound. God's going to do it. He's going to call them. It's a chronological adverb, then we which are alive. So that truth one was this, includes the resurrection of the dead. Truth two, the rapture of the living, verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Remember John 14, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Where I am, there you may be. Going to heaven with him. Not to the earth. He didn't say, where you are, I'm coming to land on the earth with you. He says, at this point in time, where I am, there you may be also. He's coming. The rapture of the living. Caught up, harpazo in the Greek, to be snatched away. You say, Pastor, the word rapture is not in our Bibles, neither is Trinity, Sunday, grandparents, etc. Even the word Bible is not in Bible, by the way. Bible, basic instruction before leaving earth, Bible. Rapture, then, is not what was found in the Latin Vulgate in the 400s A.D. The Pope, uh, at that point in time, appointed Jerome to make one. There was all kinds of Latin manuscripts running around, except not running around, because being carried around. I want one general one, and so he wrote the Latin Vulgate, and so that's where this word comes from, rapture. But the Greek word is harpazo, means to be caught up, catch away, to catch up. We find that in Philip, we find that in Paul, in harpazo. The rapture is the judgment of the just, evaluate your service. Marriage, supper of the Lamb to follow after that. Some think the church will go through the tribulation time, I believe that's, if you look at it literally, it's impossible for the church to go through the tribulation time. Indeed, it's been paid in full. The church will meet the wrath of Satan as we have done. It will meet the wrath of man as, as you look at the voices of the martyrs. You want to wonder, is there persecution of Christians across the world today? Absolutely yes, without question. Christians across the world are being persecuted by various means. But this will be the wrath of God. So God does not leave his bride here for the great tribulation, someone says, only to get beat up black and blue and then invite her to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The picture does not even work. So we're caught off, snatched away. The modern idea was zap, zip, that quick, zip. We're caught up together. 
Well, pastor, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to wait until I hear the news that Jesus is coming back, and then I'm going to get right with God. Too late. Zap happens long before he can even mouth the words. Lord, I believe you. They're all gone. So now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Why would you put it off, oh, pastor? There's so many things in this world that I want to do, and so sin is pleasurable for a season. And then comes payment time. Then comes payment time. So if you remember, about three weeks ago, I gave the magnet illustration of the magnet going across the ground, and only those iron ores that had the same part, particular part with the magnet would be caught up to it. You must have new birth in Christ. So the, third, the second truth, or truth number three, we have the rapture of the church. We have the resurrection of the dead. And in 17, we have the reunion of the saints. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Living ones, dead ones, we're going to meet in the air. The family member who's gone on before. Perhaps the baby you miscarried. A child taken before the time of accountability. But children who've lost their lives in the wombs of their own mothers. Suddenly caught up. What's a reunion? Isn't that going to be amazing? There's going to be a meeting in the air. going to be a reunion with Christ. Are you ready to meet Him? If you stood before Him today, would you shrink back in shame and say, you know, I wish I'd have done more. I think we're all going to, in some, some extent, say, I wish I had done more for Christ. That we're going to be sorry for the things we just sort of passed on by... Are you ready for Christ? And I hope to get the illustration right this, this time. A lady went to buy a headstone for her husband's marker. And she says, I don't want any frills on the marker just to say, for my husband, and put it in a suitable place. And so when she got the marker, it said, for my husband, in a suitable place. <laughs> he had included that remark on the stone. Will you be in a suitable place? I think sometimes we, have, we don't see the urgency of it. So yesterday I had the bright idea. Uh, I was doing my leaves, which I'm responsible for. And I had all these dry leaves out by my burn pile. Now my burn pile is four cement blocks high and pretty deep in there. And so I put all my wood in there and I start to fire. But I had left all these leaves around the burn pile. I was sure that four blocks high, nothing would escape. So here I am, I started the fire, and typically I would go off and start mowing in the front of the, of the yard and get, uh, before I do the back 40. To, so I said, you know, I think I'll just stand around. And before I know it, there was a fire here. I got that one put out, and there was a fire there. I got that one put out. I turned around, and that same one I thought was put out was starting up over here again. And I turned around, and, and this one's over here. And so I started scraping the leaves away from the burn blocks so that they wouldn't start a fire. And then I got a little bit of break, and I ran up, and I really ran and got my mower and started my mulching mower and cut me a big swath around the burn pile so the leaves would not catch fire because I did not take it seriously. I do now. Won't do that ever again. Are you taking seriously 
your relationship with God. Because if you're not, I'm telling you, the end result is terrible. And if you are taking it seriously, let us live for Him who died for us. The world is lost in many, many ways. Spiritually dead to Christ. It's our responsibility to live for Him, one, and then tell others, too, as we have opportunity of the answer has been, is now, always will be Jesus as Savior. If you do not know Him or you're not sure, get it settled this day. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for the truth of this passage from Scripture. The resurrection of the believer, the rapture of the church, and the reunion with you heading up to glory. But Lord, I imagine of a number of people here this morning that there are some who just are not sure. Or there are some that are sure they're not saved. I pray, Lord, if, if you have spoken to their heart, Holy Spirit, may they respond. May they allow someone to take God's word and show them how they can know that they know that you are their Savior. So, Lord, speak to hearts. Perhaps there's someone who needs to be baptized, perhaps have been saved and baptized by immersion. Know what we believe here at Little Sandy and want to become part of our church family. Lord, I don't know, but, Lord, if there are people who have never confessed and repented their sin, may they see their need this day and respond. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.